Welcome to Coaches Exploring the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People from a Principles Behind Clarity perspective. And uh, I'm thrilled that uh, Lynn, Elaine, and I have decided to dive deep into reviewing the seven habits of highly effective people, something that's uh, been a big part of my life for over 20 years. And uh, now I get to look at it through a whole new lens. So this is this is amazing. Um, and we're going to start right at the beginning in uh, part one of the book, Paradigms and Principles, under the heading Inside Out. It's funny, the, the first thing I highlighted was that heading Inside Out. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it's, you know, when we, we think about looking at this from a, a principles behind clarity perspective or the a three principles perspective, that notion of inside out is, you know, the underlying truth of the principles. Um, and here it is like the very first two words in this whole book inside out. It's like, Oh, th- this is very aligned with the, uh, with the principles that we're talking about. Um, so that, that just jumped out at me right out of the gate. I think when, when this first came up, when we were uh, discussing ideas of what our next project might be. I had only restarted the book a little while ago and it was the thing that jumped out at me, which which made me, you know, take as a, uh, took my mind in that direction that there's synergy and there's something to look at. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, the, just the very, you know, inside out, reading it again because it's exactly what he said in his first version which i read something like 15 years 12 maybe 12 years ago um takes on you know after my, my successive training learnings jamie smart's clarity all the rest of it but it takes the very um focus on the reading to to a different level and, and like you said, Greg, in the inter, you know introducing us kind of thing, it's um, being able to see something through a whole new lens. Mm. Which so so those very words like whoa, you know, let's start from here. Great. Yeah. Well, so it's just occurred to me as I'm I'm kind of skimming through what I highlighted here, and I, this literally just occurred to me. The first time I picked up this book was in probably 2000 or 2001. I I wasn't married and I had no kids. Now I've been married for 22 years and I have a 19 year old and a 17 year old. And I realized this time going through, like reading these stories because Covey uses his own personal life and his stories of his children and his, and his, his wife um, to make a lot of his points in here. I'm realizing, Oh yeah, like this is why this is resonating with me so much more deeply now reading through it. Now having experienced raising two kids and I can relate much more directly to what he's he's referring to and in, in kind of the the trials and tribulations of being a parent. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that just occurred to me. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like talking about a new lens. Like my old lens was as a, a young, single, career-oriented person. Now I'm looking at this as a, you know, middle-aged, seasoned parent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and with with so much more experience, and I, I guess, you know, we 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 strive to help people um, have insights, and mm. let's say be able to um, update their current levels of understanding. Mm. But there's one 
you know, absolute, I, I would like to put it in as a fact, although time as such is not a fact, it is a concept, but the idea that just by living through life, we do automatically update and increase our, um, the very insights that we have, which bring, you know, new awareness and an and enhanced um, sort of goggle wearing process mm. kind of thing. It, it's like, we just don't use those old goggles anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's funny because the um, the other metaphor that has really been resonating with me the last few weeks is is the idea of maps, which Covey talks mm. relates to paradigms and things. But uh, you know, in this context, like I didn't have a map of what it was like to have kids before. Now I now I have a very um, robust map. I mean, it's it's certainly not the map or the right map but but i have a, a reference point to it now um anyway it's just, it's just interesting i'm seeing how this whole idea of maps like and just how many maps <laughs> i have anyway layers and layers of of maps um, yeah and how you know it could be that the map whether you have awareness of being married or having kids mm. or, or, or anything about that. I mean, you could still, let's say, at the, the age of 19, you know, you, you can have an example of it because you have your parents and you yeah. were the kids of, of, of your parents, if, if you if you like. But how the how the map indeed may not change, it may never change, but the territory that the that the map could be pointing to is completely different. Mm. The territory indeed will change. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. Well, it makes me think like if, if you, uh, I mean, I still pretty much live in the same place I've lived my whole life, but like if you were to move away and then go back to where you grew up, you, you know, like I remember my dad revisited Belfast, I don't know, 60 years after he left there was for the first time. And, you know, of course it's changed, <laughs> um, mm. but he was, he was kind of taken aback and surprised at how, how much it had changed yet. Certain elements that stuck in his mind for all these years were still there, like uh, certain landmarks or things so he could orient to them. But, but yeah, the territory had changed dramatically over the, the course of 60 years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what struck you in the early pages, Greg? Uh, well, in early on, after he tells the story about his son and stuff, he, he says, I became particularly interested in how perceptions are formed, how they govern the way we see, and how the way we see governs how we behave. And, and this was the beginning of him, I guess, realizing the role that paradigms play. But it it, it really struck me. It, with that language, how related that is to uh, the three principles, mind, consciousness, and thought, and how, you know, we're living in a thought-generated perceptual reality, because, like, you know, he's talking about, he didn't quite get to where Sid Banks got to in terms of how our experience is created, but he's got the, the some of the elements there, and the, even the language of, like, how our perceptions are formed, like, he's he's right on the, on the surface of it, um, so I thought that was quite interesting. And then, and then it ends that section just before he gets into the personality and character ethics of 
we began to realize that if we wanted to change the situation, we first had to change ourselves. Mm. And to change ourselves effectively, we first had to change our perceptions. Perceptions, yeah. So again, it, it's back to, um, you know, understanding how our reality is created. What I what I also uh, from that the the first story when he was the realization for both him and his wife around his son in their attempt to do everything they thought was obviously in his best interest. Uh, what struck me from from a, a principles behind clarity perspective was um, where they shifted was when they realized that it had to come from him it, there, there was no there was no other way so it it struck me in reading that that they they were doing everything they could and and i can't remember his language i've got the i can't don't know where it is right now but they they were looking at him like there was something wrong like he was flawed like he wasn't capable like he wasn't resilient like he didn't have what he needed and then when they saw that their approach was that and that wasn't working, it was that was such such an aha and to see that, you know, he he'll be okay essentially. Yeah, whatever, he is okay. whatever, whatever. Yeah. he's he's okay, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. that that really came out loud and clear to me there. Yeah. Well the the way you recount that it, it it's you know pointing to um, the power of insight. Like in mm-hmm. You know, they they had an insight that it wasn't working, and and yeah. why it's not working is because they were uh, looking at him as if there was something wrong with him, like you said. So yeah, yeah. again, it's so aligned with the the principles. It's like I don't know. That's what for me this process has been exciting because I thought when I first got into the into clarity and the principles, I thought all this seven habits stuff I've done for twenty something years, I'm gonna have to throw that all away and start anew and now it's like oh no it's the same stuff <laughs> this is so aligned it's it's yeah. like yeah it's amazing yeah. yeah yeah and and um again forgive me i can't i can't give give a page reference as i say because i'm reading it from from the kindle app but he speaks when he he as he goes to study the um he calls it the study of expectancy theory himself mm. of prophecies or the Pygmalion effect, which which basically says that, you know, if if you as a leader place high expectancy on somebody, they will give you high results, Mm. a top quality results sort of thing, rather than the other way around. If you if you kind of, you know, push and strive and struggle to control somebody with a low expectancy of their output, the results will be less, quite simply. But that, to me, points to this this a sense of when when as a clarity coach you're coaching somebody and alongside and parallel to the principle behind clarity is that when we create that connection with a client, a connection which we know is already existent in the world if you like the truth is that there there is always a connection but we can only fall in and out of connection if you like the idea that it within that connection is a place of 
which is very much inside of high, you know, extraordinarily high reverence for who is sitting in front of you, where the high reverence or the high regard of whoever is sitting in front of you will at the same time create that space for insight mm. and therefore your own empowering new fresh thoughts on what your idea what your take what your personal vision of let, let's use the word success may look like so it, it points to me how how our how our work for example is is very much a no more than a light, it's a guiding light, a beacon. Mm. So that people can shine their own lights and go in the direction that they need to. Yeah, what you just said, there's a quote, I'm not sure where it is in here, but it's one of my favorites that I've built my business on is people become great when you treat them in terms of their potential. And like, there's a line here, he says, you know, when we began to see our son in terms of his own uniqueness, we saw within him layers and layers of potential mm -hmm. that would be realized at his own pace and speed. And yeah. what you just said too, it's, you know, when you like, you know, the potential for me now is just another word for who we really are. Like we are potential. We are uh, the defined energy of life. It's, you know, the and so, so are our clients. So is everybody. So like, it's, um, it's funny because recently I've, I've rejigged that quote for my own purposes to say, um, instead of people become great, I, I now say people realize they're great. Like they're, you're already great. It's not, you don't have to become great. Yeah. You already are. You just, yeah. you just have to realize it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll share a, a funny, I don't know if this is a funny story. It's a funny story for me. When I first picked this book up, that the word potential kind of just jumped out at me over and over again. To the point when within a few months of, of first picking this up, I was doing my mid-year performance reviews with my staff. And uh, so I, anyway, I thought, how am I going to incorporate this into this process? Because this was like, this was my new way forward, this book. <laughs> and uh, much to the chagrin of my employees. <laughs> but uh, I went through the standard questions from the the kind of HR performance review process. And then at the end, I asked them, I said, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your performance versus your potential? And, uh, you know, some people were delusional and said, oh, I'm, I'm operating at my full potential already. And I'd be like, really? <laughs> um, and other people, one, one guy in particular, he said, that's a great question. I don't know. Let me go away and think about it. And then he came back the next day or two and said, uh, I have an answer for you now. Six out of 10. And this guy had been working for a long time. He got into this level and he kind of just, he did a great job, but he wasn't pushing himself. And he real that, that question, he realized that he has so much more to offer to give or to accomplish. And within, I don't know, a few months, he resigned <laughs> and yeah. found a, like, found a better job somewhere else. And, and he's moved on to, you know, I think right now he's a vice president for some bakery distribution company and, uh, you know, I, I take zero credit for all the things that he did and whatever, but that question for him, thinking about your life versus your potential, that set him off on a whole new trajectory of what he was capable of. Yeah. Um, 
So anyway, that's that's just like one real life example of how this has kind of played out for me and for some of the people around me. Yeah, an amazing story. I love that. (laughs) Go Go ahead, Lindsay. No, I was thinking as you were both talking there, I was thinking about um, because in this opening section here in the story about the kid and and what they had invested it came through very clearly what the him and his wife had invested you know it was there was a lot of their ego and their image and you know we're raising our kids to be whatever and and a lot of that was and yes we want the best for a child and we're doing all these great things but there was a lot of them invested in it and they saw that too um they didn't see it as they were doing certain things but they saw that too and it's i kind of drew a parallel as as you were talking there about Elaine, what about um, when we're with our clients and even Craig pointing there to potential, it strikes me that when they fly is when we're not in the way. <laughs> when you know when we're when we don't when we're not all up in our head and the connection is there, and we're but we're not. I don't know if it's correct to say not invested, but. Um, you know, when we're really not up in our head and we're trusting, we're truly, truly trusting that they have it all for them. Mm-hmm. And and all we have to do is is be a guide or provide the space or uh, I don't, I'm not sure that we lead them to insights, but, but it, there seem like a lot of parallels there for me in that. Yeah, it, it just is sort of an idea again as, as you were talking and the idea of like you know we have we have a we all have a laptop or some form some device of some form or the other which contains an enormous amount of information that we ourselves have actually put into it but also let's say it's come with the product you know straight from the factory but the thing is if we don't put the damn thing into the plug and switch it on like nothing happens so it's the idea that the potential is the actually switching it on bit mm. it's already there mm-hmm. but it needs to be switched on mm. then will be re- revealed mm. just that that kind of idea I, and that just came to mind because I, I asked you to cut a bit out because i, I haven't got my battery plugged in, you weren't plugged in. <laughs> oh god <laughs> You were momentarily potentialist. Yes. <laughs> hmm. There's a line on, uh, for me, page 21 that I highlighted. It says, aha experiences in life when suddenly things click into place. And I highlighted that just, again, I'm looking for things in this book that are consistent with the principles. Yeah. That, you know, that pointing to insight as being uh, a powerful force. And then we move into paradigms. I already talked about maps a little bit, um, but I highlighted this part. It says, the point is uh, you'd still be lost. The fundamental problem has nothing to do with your behavior or your attitude. It has everything to do with having the wrong map. And and I think that was at the end of a story of talking about being in Chicago with a map of New York, Mm -hmm. something like that. But um, again, like the last few weeks for me this whole map thing has just really exploded and uh realizing how i don't know out of date some of my maps are how 
ingrained I've been in some of my maps. Like I'm not letting this map go come hell or high water. Like it's, this is in, I don't know, it, it's been really illuminating for me. I just wrote a post that I'm going to send out, I think today about, this is funny, like, but my wife and I argue sometimes about like how we get out of our subdivision. So if I'm driving, there's a certain route I take. And if she's driving, there's a route that she takes. And when she goes her way, it always, I'm always like, why are you going this way? Especially if we get stuck behind a school bus or <laughs> in traffic or whatever. And she's left-handed and I'm right-handed. So I think just right there, the way we orient to the world is different just by virtue of that. But um, it just made me laugh, like how, like I've been operating under this thing. Like, no, I, I know best. Like my route is the route. And it's just, I don't know, I've just seen through it and see like how silly it is. And then of course she has a different map than I do. She's a different person with a different orientation to the world. So, and what's the big deal? So, I mean, there's a, another one that came to my mind was I have a map for how to load the dishwasher. And when my wife or my son doesn't load it the way, like I open the dishwasher to put stuff in it. It's like, who, who put these glasses <laughs> over here? This is for mugs. Like the glasses don't go here. And I used to get so mad about it. Now I just kill myself laughing. I'm like, what, what an idiot I was. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Um, yeah, the dishwasher one's great because don't people, if people come into your house and they ask permission, people have actually come into my house and ask permission after dinner if they can load the dishwasher just mm. in case, just in case, like you have a way and it's not yeah. right. And it's it's hysterical. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Oh my God. Crazy. Yeah. And and I think and the idea was still in the you know he was talking about maps and the you know no how no good a map of you know to get to Chicago using a map of Detroit I can't remember mm. which way it was yeah. it? and then he you know you, you know uh, and how ineffective using a different map would be to to get because you'd end up in the wrong destination and and what you could try and do about that and how he suggests where well, you know you can you can work on your behaviour and you can try harder and double your speed even mm. which is kind of like what the whole world seems to be doing yeah. you know because but the only things you you just get faster to the wrong place and i just yep. love that yeah. my goodness yeah. i've been living my whole life like that yeah. um and it, and again the the, the to, you know connect it back up to the idea of of, of clarity and um is quite simply that the only thing there's from there, from the the realization, the insight, there is nothing more to be done. If you like, there's no, there's no. Kobe says, you know, behavior or attitude that will modify that. It's just seeing it, and then the the what you need will come to you. Mm. Like I need a new map. And that's it, you know, full stop. That you don't have to do anything after that. Mm. After so, after the awareness, after the realization, actually nothing has to happen. And there's no. Again, the you know, you know, Jamie's words. The idea that always struck me: the idea that you've kind of got no more dog in the fight because it sometimes seems that if you're trying to get a to the wrong destination even faster, it's like you are actually trying to prove something to somebody else's map of life. Mm -hmm. But then that, that, that whole concept just drops away. 
and again you know there's been no agency to change your attitude or change your behavior which you know for a long time i think every single as as Kobe himself says and his wife about his kids, you know, they kept trying to change the kids' attitude and behavior. Mm. And it's just not going to work. You yeah. know, but they what just got lost twice as fast. Yeah, yeah they're just yeah. going to get lost twice <laughs> they as were fast. Still lost. Yeah. And, you know, the kid's probably going to do twice as badly in his baseball attempts, yeah. or he's just going to give up quite simply because it, it doesn't make sense anymore. Um, but, if you go back to trying to work out what a new map would look like, then you're going to be finding some probably results, you know, mm. some answers to your to what you're doing. And and again, of course, the, the classic for me, which is always a wonderful reminder, that there's just no way on earth, but I used to struggle with this, that that anybody is going to tell me what to do. I mean, I've been like this since I was a kid, you know. Like you are just not going to tell me what to do, but of course it created me problems, you know, all round and in every area of my life. And it, but the kind of double thing is, well, okay, well, if my answer would be, well, if you just ask me nicely, I'll do it, kind of thing. But mm. it's the same thing. They're still telling you whether they tell you nicely or not so nicely. It doesn't make any difference. But when you realise that in real time. In actually, it's you going to create your own map. And there's a huge open space for that, which fits into the rest of the world, to society, to people, to your next door neighbor and your, your husband or your wife or your family and all the rest of it, just because you work out of your own map. That's just so awesome. <laughs> Did you guys do the exercise at the end of this chapter or this part with the numbers? You had the numbers from one to 53. Yes. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was fascinating to me as an example of the once you have a little bit of a map. So like the the first time I found all the numbers, I, I can't remember how long it took me, but I basically was just, you know, scanning with my eyes and looking for the numbers. And then I, often I'd find like two, three or four numbers ahead of where I was looking. So then when I found the, the, the one I was looking for, I knew I, you know, I already knew where the next three or four were. And I thought I was making progress. And then you get you go to the the cheat sheet that he provides, which is like, it's in nine, divided into nine quadrants and each number and and you, you whip through it like nothing. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, holy shit. Like that's, <laughs> it's so true. Like the, the, uh, even with a simple little nine quadrant mapping of this chaos of all these numbers, it's, it's such a night and day difference. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's where, the paradigm of the principles behind clarity comes in is at least that's been my experience is like, once you realize how your experience is created and who you are going through life, the difference is, is the same as looking at all these numbers and trying to figure it out versus, Oh, this is how it actually works. Oh, this is quite easy. <laughs> like that's, that's been my experience with yeah. that. The paradigm of the principles. Yeah. Yeah, and how and how when you don't have, let's say, the the guide mm. of the, the the paradigm of, of the of the principles behind clarity. Um as I was saying before, you you can still get places, mm. but you get there an awful lot slower, or you might not get there at all. 
which is another issue, of course. I'm just going to, you know, with and with that like little exercise that Covey puts in, I actually did it first time round fairly quickly, mm. and I thought, hmm, I must be a genius. Well, I'm not a genius, but I, I realised that inadvertently and parallelly, my I play this mahjong connect game mm. which means i've got to very very quickly scan for the like pairs mm. the thing is i'm very good at scanning for things so you spent years it's training funny. for this exercise you know, <laughs> uh, well unconsciously yes because i thought mm, there's something wrong about this but but like you said through when you have a let's say an understanding of the principles behind clarity again you can you don't, you actually, I'm just wondering, I don't know if this is true, but I'm beginning to wonder if actually you, well, yes, you would, if the principles behind clarity become your map, mm -hmm. then you're flying. Yeah. And, and of course, I'm quite sure, I'm quite sure I'm, I, if I'd had I done this exercise, let's say, with my principles behind clarity created through me playing mahjong sort of thing, because I realized, oh, well, it's this is what it is. So now I can do it, yeah. kind of thing. Um, because I realised that you know I'm not a genius here. I'm not being clever because, like, you know, just doesn't work like that. So what was it that? Well, I got a map actually, but I'd unconsciously created it. Yeah. And it's I promise you guys, it's taken me hours and hours of time yeah. to hone hone down my mahjong skills. Like, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? It's taken. Yeah. It's taken. Oh, I still sometimes get it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. Very so yeah. Cool. We're at 30 minutes. So I, is there, we just do um, a wrap up. Like what, if there's one, one more thing each that you, we want to talk about in this, uh, this section. Can you give me just a second? Yeah. Just, I'll just, cause it's, I get a sort of a paragraph at a time. I'll just, Um, uh, I'm, I apologize whilst you're looking, Elena, there were a couple of things that I highlighted and I'm still only on page 28. So mm -hmm. um, something that struck me, we see the world not as it is, but as we are or as we are conditioned to see it. Mm -hmm. And when we open our mouths to describe what we see, we in effect describe ourselves, our perceptions and our paradigms. And for me that also spoke spoke to the principles behind clarity and, and how everything that we experience is earth is thought generated and and coming from us it's not out there it's not uh it's not our parents or circumstances or whatever we might want to uh, mm. put it on today um so that that sounded quite loud to me yeah, and there was just one thing I've underlined here. It's it's when he goes into sort of compare, let's say, the character ethic to what he calls the personality ethic. Mm. And on on the note, he says, you know, he's he's kind of uh, dissing the personality ethic in you know long run. But he does, however, say that you know there's some there's some kind of cool phrases have come out of it, such as. Um, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve but where to me as far as 
principles behind clarity are concerned, where that actually falls flat, although it is kind of a cool phrase, if you think about it, it's kind of hopeful and uplifting and, mm. and all the rest of it. It's the getting to the part where the mind is able to conceive, which we can only get through, get to through insight. Mm. It's, it's the what comes before part that was sort of lacking out of that little quote. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, that this first 70 pages of the book is so rich. Like, if, if you just rip these 70 pages out and studied that, it could yeah. make a, a huge difference in people's lives. Um, yeah. Concepts like the, you know, the, the old woman, the young woman mm-hmm. thing that, to show how we perceive things, the the PPC balance, um, the, the whole idea of paradigms and all the stories that go with that. Anyway, I just loved getting back through these these 70 pages and yeah i don't know it just re re-energized me reinvigorated me into like yeah i love the fact that we're doing this so yeah and, and i mean my my thing is you know that i've got i've now read again the whole book and 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 i would if if nothing else you know i would seriously advise anybody at least just to read this first mm. part mm. because you know just absolutely greg it's what you say mm. you know and read it and then read it and then read it again yeah and we're not even into a habit yet it's like this no, is no. habit zero or whatever <laughs> all right i'm gonna finish with one one sentence yeah, go just ahead. one because it was the one that I, I was like i know i start something of all these um mm. i start something uh, page 43 still in, in the inside out but I have never seen lasting solutions to problems lasting happiness and success that came from the outside in mm. that pretty much said all Amen <laughs> Amen cool. Well let's wrap that first section up there and we'll uh, next time we'll get into habit one Thank you